So, we're recording our first vlog. No, podcast. <laughs> already. <laughs> Stuff's up already. How unusual. Yeah. Um, from Brisbane. What place is this again? This is the Station Hotel. This is the Grand Central Hotel, which sounds very, very um, posh and very, very, I don't know, fancy, like Grand Central Station in New York or something like that, but it's... The truth is, it's the closest pub to the train station. Yeah. And it's just easy. Um, <laughs> So, so the purpose of this is to make a podcast for you guys and us to just talk about um, the great game of diplomacy and all its variants, hey? That's right. So, I mean, the main reason that we're doing this, obviously, is that, you know, we've got a passion for the game. Uh, we hope you have a passion for the game. And I guess we've got more of a passion within the online space. So yes. there's plenty of people out there that love playing face-to-face diplomacy, and that's fantastic. I got started in that. I don't know if you did. Oh, yeah, way back in the day. We'll get to that one other time. Um, but I personally find that you know actually using the online medium is far more convenient. It suits me. Um, I'm actually able to have conversations that I probably wouldn't have if I was doing it by face-to-face. It's true. Some of the things get really bizarre. We should probably introduce ourselves before we get any further. We should. So, um, my handle is the ambassador. And I'm Kane of 406. Um, we have real names, but we'll probably just refer to ourselves as our normal diplomacy names. Um, I think we share the same names on both WebDip as well as VDip. I know I do. I know I do. Yeah, so we both do. So um, you can always get a hold of us on either of those. Apologies for any background noise with um, motorcycles and things like that, but we are quite close to a road. Performing live in a pub. Pretty much so, yeah. And so, I'm drinking a Fat Yak, which is an Australian pale ale. What are you drinking in? Uh, I'm drinking a The Yearling Cab Sav, which is from South Australia. Cheers. So, cheers. Alright. So, you started off on while we're doing this. Hmm. We were just... Well, I moved up to Brisbane, uh, well, a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. about that. About that. And it just so happens that Andy um, is the same area, and we thought, oh, well, gee, we'll just catch up. And so, over several drinks, an idea gestated, and we thought that, um, well, we thought what we were talking about was quite interesting, so we thought we'd share it with you guys. Maybe it's got more to do with the fact that after a few drinks, whatever we're talking about seems to be even more interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but you get that. Uh, and I guess, you know, that's where we want to kind of, you know, kick things off. You know, we want to make this an interesting and informative uh, podcast and YouTube channel. But at the same time, we're happy for it to be casual. So, yes. you know, we want to get your ideas and your feedback. Um, there'll be a link somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well. you can kind of send us information. It's still early days yet, but it'll all be there. I, I think pretty much if you either email Kana at diplomacygames.com or Ambi at diplomacygames.com, you'll get a hold of us. Um, so by the time this goes live, that'll all be set up. Yes, or failing that, uh, PM us on um, V Diplomacy or Web Diplomacy. Probably Absolutely. Also get it yeah. You'll probably get us quicker on V Diplomacy rather than Web Diplomacy. But yeah, I don't check it that much. There we go. Jump in we'll, every we, now. We'll, we'll get better at that, might we? <laughs> so what we thought, and we kind of were chatting in the pub, and we thought, okay, there's a few things that we usually chat about uh, when it comes to dip. Now, of course, rule number one, you know, we don't get into games where we're playing each other because that's uncool. Well, it's a big no-no. It is a big no-no. You guys out there. So if you don't know that already and you just started playing, you can't really do that. Unless, of course, you happen to be obviously in an open game. That's okay. 
but you don't really talk about the game. No, you don't talk about discussions in regards to, well, I'm going to help you here. And we'll yeah, I'm going to invade Vienna. Yes. Can you give me some support along the way? So all negotiations stay on the surf, don't they? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the way it should be. So, like, you know... And that's no different, for example, if you been used to playing diplomacy within a face-to-face environment, you discover it, you get some of your mates, your buddies, etc. like that to also sign up, it's kind of considered uncool and very, very unkosher to kind of discuss what you're doing and how things are working out, particularly and especially, obviously, if you're going to um, conspire um, and have the, you know, the very, very awful thing of having metagaming, which of course is that you have come into a game with predestined and predetermined alliances that are you know, rigorous, yeah, aren't going to change, be never going to be broken because, yeah. hey, you're in for it to still win the game, which kind of defeats the purpose half the time because playing the game is half the fun. Yep, and I've lost track of how many times you've stabbed me, Ambie, really. I've got, I've you got, haven't stabbed I've me much, problems. have you? Oh, a couple of times. A couple yeah, of times yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. But only for the win, of course. Of course, of yes, course. No, I mean, we're all nice people here. So we have a bit of a, I suppose, a, a standard at the moment, you know, format that we're thinking of running these on. Um, we'll just quickly give that over an overview so you can go, yeah, yeah, this is worth listening if you haven't kind of clicked off on us already. So we want to, uh, as I said before, we're very much interested in the online variant, of the online version of diplomacy. And look, there's many, many different ways and places you can play that. And that's really, really that's great about you know, the environment because you can have so many different players. You can have diplomacy games that are set up in different languages, uh, you know, on different servers. That's fantastic. Um, we mentioned before that you can probably get a hold of us more on V diplomacy. V stands for variant diplomacy, and that's where you tend to find a lot of the games which are, are different to just standard classic diplomacy, where you've got your normal seven European powers on the brink of World War One. Uh, I know that there's obviously a number of variants that are already within the web diplomacy server. Uh, I think it's about four or five, is it, on top of five the on standard count, one? Yes. Um, and V diplomacy has, I don't know, 40, 50? Oh, jeez, yeah, heaps, heaps. And look, getting up there. Yeah, that, that 40, 50, some of them are kind of variations on variations, such as, you know, Fleet Rome, which is you know, based on the classic game, or Milan, or whatever. Uh, but then you have many other different versions that use many different maps and many different rule variants. So, And I guess that's where we felt that we could possibly add some value in conversations because both of us have actually been actively involved in the past with developing variants, uh, either taking ones that have already been established and bringing them to the online environment, in some cases, as we'll talk about soon, giving them a fresh uh, bit of life. Yes. Um, or alternatively making things up from scratch, which we've both done. We've both done that, so, yes. I think you're more successful at that than I am, Andy, but um, uh, we'll leave that to you yeah, guys yeah, to discover yeah, when you get out. If you kind of play playing, some of my variants, some of them are quite balanced, yeah. some of them are. There you go. So, some of the things we want to regularly talk about. So, it would be maybe each, each um, time we get one of these out, a different variant. And we will be covering off, so don't worry if you are an absolute web diplomacy fan and you don't care about v-diplomacy, God knows whatever reason, um, we will be covering off those that are just within the web diplomacy server as well. Um, and potentially others, variants which are on other online diplomacy servers, sure. which you know we'll get to as well. Um, we'll probably talk a little bit about games that we're personally involved in that are actually now over, that we can you know, feel we can just kind of give a little bit of insights around. Um, please jump in any stage. Do you want to talk about some of this stuff? Oh, no, I'll jump in and say probably the next thing that um, 
we'll probably give you an overview on is uh, we'll probably highlight uh, an element of how things work, how features work in the VDIP environment. How does that mod button work? What does it look like from your perspective and from our perspective? Well, I'm an ex-admin there. Um, I'm no longer a mod. I'm an ex-mod. Ex-mod. Yeah, things have changed when, since when you were there. Yeah. Um, so what does that look like to us? Um, and, you know, other things like what are these settings? What do they mean? How do I make a game that best suits what sort of game I want to play? Um, the next thing we were going to look at, um, are there any new variants coming up? Um, I know there are a couple over at the, um, the lab at the lab at the moment. Some of them are a bit stuck in gestation. Yes, um, <laughs> but others are, all, you know, close to close to um, being able to be released. And when things happen, uh, that this will be the space that we will start talking about the new exciting stuff that comes on board. Yep. A yep. um, couple of other things that we'd like to probably regularly touch on if we can, and that's some of the forum threads. So both within V Diplomacy and also Web Diplomacy, because that's probably more of our staple. We'll probably talk a little bit about you know some more contentious issues. That being said, don't feel like you need to start creating contentious threads. Just for us. Just for us. Yeah. Uh, it will keep us entertained. Uh, it'll probably entertain a lot of other people, probably piss off a lot of people as well. But Yes, but you know, that's what contentious threads are all about. That's right. Yes, uh, and the last thing that we kind of expect we'll be doing on a regular or semi-regular basis, so you won't get one this time around, is interviews uh, with other diplomacy players, uh, variant creators, and maybe we'll have some conversations with mods and admins and things at some stage as well. As it comes up, we've got an interesting interview lined up in a couple of weeks actually, um, and it's to do with uh, the very long game that has recently finished this year that was hosted on the WebDIP uh, server. Should we talk more about that now or move on? We'll talk about that later. later. We'll just leave you in, in um, you know... Suspense. Suspension. Yeah. Yeah. Suspension. Suspension. Yeah. <laughs> only had one drink. In. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. we talked a little bit around who we are very, very briefly. We'll just kind of cover that off and just with a little bit more detail. Um, okay. Um, well, I'll start, shall yep. I? Yep. Um, I've mostly focused during my time at V Diplomacy on uh, importing uh, variants from around the net, which I found on the uh, diplomacy banks, etc. Um, and the diplomatic call. The diplomatic call is a really good resource I found for maps and things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the website, got, yep. Yeah, that's the website. They've yep. got some really good history to these uh, variants. That are it's also called. Variant Bank. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. And I think they're... Um, I'm not sure if they're interrelated or not. We'll have to check that one up. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I've imported <coughs> maybe, I think about eight variants now. I've also uh, modified uh, a number of variants, such as the Sea Lanes variant in World War IV, um, and directly ported in two brand new spanking variants, so Mars and Rat Wars, which some of you might have played, and I know I constantly get, you know, mixed reviews on that particular variant. Itself. Rat Wars. Rat Wars. Yeah, yes. we'll talk about that another day. At another day. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've played Rat Wars once. Never again. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. one of those, I think it's one of those variants that you either love or hate. Um, it's true, it's true. As opposed to one of my variants I created, which I think everyone just hates. Because so <laughs> nobody ever plays the bloody thing. But the, um, 
who controls America. That's the one. You know, you've got a big, massive presidential election happening at the moment, and no one, and, is, and no playing one is playing who yeah. controls America. And it surprised me, guys. You need to get in there and start up a who controls America for lots of. Um, Fun that, commentary. That, that being said, someone did post, uh, we're, we're digressing, which is what you tend to get obviously in podcasts and um, YouTube videos and things like that, but we did have some conversations occurring within the, the threads on VDIP very, very briefly around the idea of creating a Donald Trump who controls America version, like an actual variant of the variant. Mm. Now that's a good idea. Yeah. You could go to town on that really. <laughs> you could go nuts. Because <laughs> he already is, so you know. Oh, uh, well, I'm sure you guys remain um, divided on that particular topic. Um, but a sneaky part of me kind of wonders what would happen if the Trump got into power. You know, a little sneaky part of me thinks, oh, what would happen? But that's probably uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what this is all about. That's, that's, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of other places you could go and listen to that and read that and watch that. <laughs> and get more informed opinions <laughs> than to um, <laughs> semi-drunk... Uh, Australian, so. That's right. And that's the thing. Look, we are here in Australia. Um, I don't know why it happens to be two Australians got together and decided to do this. I guess there's Americans that have got together and created other ones for face-to-face diplomacy podcasts yeah, and things. Yeah, the so. uh, diplomacy podcast out there. That's a really good listen to. I know you listen to it. I listen to it. Um, I'm sure a number of you guys probably listen to it as well. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah, so I think we touched on before. I mean, I, I, mean, I started actually playing diplomacy um, back in university. Probably 20, 25 years ago now, and uh, really, really enjoyed it. Now, obviously, back then it was very face to face because the only internet that existed was email. Um, so there was, and, and look, hey, there is obviously email diplomacy out there too. And believe it or not, I understand some people still play it. God knows why. Oh, difficult. Um, it's almost as bad as playing postal diplomacy. I would have thought. And who plays that? <laughs> yeah, PM us if you play postal diplomacy. Um, yeah, so that was got me into it, and that being said, then I kind of just fell off the radar. You know, things got busy with uni, then life, and got in the way, kids and so forth. And uh, too many friends wait, rage quitting halfway through a game. Yeah, that, that would be yes. a problem all the time. Yeah. Actually, I was never very good really at face to face. I kept getting stabbed all the time. <laughs> but you know, I was only starting off, and and we all know when you start off, you tend to be a bit of a newbie, and you get. You kind of trust people, which you never, ever, ever do with diplomacy. Yeah, even sure when you, you trust open them, up to Galicia or um, Silesia, and you always open up to, you know, Bohemia instead. So, go figure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, one of my very first games, I think when I got back into online diplomacy, because it had been so long, and obviously I was rubbish at the time when I played face-to-face diplomacy, I think the very first game I was in one, and I kind of had this... Absolutely, sh- I can't remember exactly what the move was, but it was something stupid like London. I didn't even move. I just kind of kept it in port for some reason. <laughs> I know what it was. Actually, I know what it was. It was because France had said to me, "Let's let's just you know, DMZ the English Channel." Yeah. And I went, oh, "Okay, yeah, I'm, I was smart enough to know what DMZ means. You know, demilitarized zone. No, no one goes in there. Yeah, okay." <laughs> The logical thing, of course, would be, okay, well, you get your fleet breast to go to EC. I'll send London to EC. All good. Or bounce it. Or, and bounce even it. better, you know, trust the guy and move to um, the North Sea. What happened there? Why did you move there? Oh, because I was stupid and said Edinburgh to the North Sea Because <laughs> I didn't want to annoy the Russian. <laughs> and this so is part of my go. problem having a handle, which is the ambassador. I was 
far too diplomatic at the time and thinking, oh yeah, look, I'll, I'll negotiate all these things and we'll all have a wonderful, peaceful environment and I'll kind of eventually somehow or other take over the game. How many years did you last? I think it lasted a whole game. Yeah, it got to the, to the end. <laughs> well done. It didn't last long. I think it was out by 1902. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I started getting into it originally. I think there was a, a Facebook um, game that you could kind of get and play, and I did that for a bit, then found web diplomacy. Got into web diplomacy. I played, I don't know, probably about half a dozen different games there. And as soon as I found... For the variance in, in web diplomacy, I thought, hey, this is interesting. Yeah. So I got into, um, I loved, um, and I still do love, ancient Mediterranean. It's um, a good one. That's a good and one. then I played, was it World War? World War oh, no, no, no. What, is it World Nine or what is it called? World War Nine. World War Nine, yeah. which if you've ever played, is this both a, not a very, I mean, it's technically, it's, I suppose it's a balanced map. Maybe oh, it's just so painful to look at. Andy. It's painful to it's it is, painful. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that and, and as as people who may kind of if we continue this and hopefully people will learn, I'm a bit of a nut for realism to a certain extent. Either realism or total suspension of disbelief, or a mix of the two. Straight <laughs> fantasy. Yeah, go all the way. And, and the yeah. idea of having you know a fully functional you know country operating out of Antarctica just didn't make sense to me so it, it, it's a difficult one to swallow I give you that it, it's, um, why, it's why Haven's hard because you know you can't imagine too many orcs running around and leprechauns and going up against pirates yeah, although it's a bit funny we'll get to that yeah, again far too many fantasy figures taxi <laughs> that wasn't even us so anyway enough yeah. about us so uh, we're going to talk a little bit and we've just touched on some of the variants so yes our, our special variant for this particular episode we're going to concentrate on is known world 901 so this is a game you can only play within v diplomacy currently at the moment as far as i know um although a couple of ports um over into the italian language i think Took that across, but I'm not too sure if that's oh, really? um, a big thing there yet. Yeah, but yeah, we should actually say that a lot of the the diplomacy servers that are online tend to run and use the same software. So the un- the, the underlying fundamentals with how the games work and render and the rules engine and everything yeah. like that is pretty much the same across most, not all. Yeah, but I think there's a few other ones that are a bit yeah. wacky so, which we'll get to. But... As, as I understand it, most of the PHP based. Yeah. Uh, software um, that's out there on the net was developed by a guy called Kestis, um, who's also an Australian, by the way. Is he? From my here. Oh. Um, who's... Is he in Melbourne? I think he's in Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's, long, he's moved on and he's left um, the coding to a tin can. That's a tin can. A tin can. That's With tin uh, can. underscores, I think, isn't it? That's right. Yep. Over at WebDiv. Um, but enough on that history because we wanted to talk about uh, oh, Known World 901. But first, we've got to get some more alcohol. Yep. And we'll come back to you shortly. So, what do we do now? We pause? Pause. We can't pause this soon. Oh. <laughs> but we can. Oh, I'm just going to get. Oh, oh actually, how about you go get yep. a drink? Are you having a tap set? Yeah, so it's a yearling. Yearling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, okay, this is my opportunity to kind of take over the conversation. Um, if you kind of prefer Kainer and what he's talking around and you find I'm a bit dull and boring, um, just fast forward for another two or three minutes and you'll, he'll eventually come back. So, 
uh, Known World 1901. This particular variant actually is a really, really great variant, uh, I feel, for a large game, but not a massive game. So there are plenty of games out at the moment, like World War Four, where you have around about 34 players. Uh, it's a That in itself is just a phenomenal gaming experience when you can kind of get it up and running. The, the advantage, though, with, with Known World is it kind of fits a bit of a gap between that big, massive... 34-player game, and a number of the other games that are around about the 10-player the mark. So, No World is with a 15-player uh, board. It's uh, quite a large board. Again, you obviously kind of expect a large board. And No World 901 is obviously based on that year. So, it kind of appeals to my, I suppose, deep-seated historical interest of making things uh, realistic. So you've tended to have got countries there that reflected what the nations, I'll use that in inverted commas, uh, existed at the time. You've got the Danes, which are kind of very heavily controlling the Norwegian and Swedish and Denmark area, as well as the northern parts of England, so if any of you are familiar with that. You've got your Franks, you've got um, the actual Spanish, you have Russians, you've got the I'll probably pronounce it wrong, either Byzantines or Byzantines, depending on how you want to approach that. Uh, obviously, you've got some other traditional powers that are around at the time that most people are familiar with, such as China, and uh, you have India, which is a consolidated power at the time. I don't actually know, and this is probably one of my downsides when it comes to history. I'm not too familiar with some of the non-standard, out-of-the-box countries and empires that existed around that period. But you do have um, a number of other players that are based within the Africa sphere, within uh, Central Asia. And then there's also a player which kind of controls a lot of um, Southeast Asia, so around modern day Indonesia and Malaysia. The nature of Known World 901, how's it going? Oh, brilliant. Okay, here you are. Yes, thank you. Okay. I'm just talking a little bit around Known World. Okay, it's yes. a big map, but not a massive map like the 34-player versions of World War IV. That's right, yes. Uh, but not like the smaller ones of, you know, 7 to 10. So it looks large, but it's not really as large as it first appears. No, but the, the great thing about it, I, I find, the size is perfect where if you've actually got a very well-functioning alliance, you can create a great stalemate, stalemate line. Yes. But you really need a great well-functioning alliance to be able to achieve that. If you don't, it's also very, very, also very, very flexible enough to be able to, you know, make some inroads because almost every single territory has, um, you know, at least probably about five, sometimes six orders. Would you say that's about right? Yeah, and I mean the whole thing's very balanced. Um, did you give a shout out to the guy who made it? No. That's your job. Okay, so... Apart from um, getting drinks. I, I ported it in. Uh, a, a guy called David uh, Cohen uh, created the variant. Thank you, David. Um, thank you, David, because it's proven to be one of our most popular on the server, I'd say. There's almost always a known world variant stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone loves it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, one stage I actually the... used to hate... I used, no, I used to not like known world once. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it may have had more to the fact that I kept losing it. Or getting, when I say losing it, I mean 
getting eliminated pretty early on. And, and I think, to be perfectly honest, I had some shitty positions and I didn't play very well. Yeah. And that's my own fault. You definitely have to enter into diplomacy in this game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is a non-option. You I, just have to. I, just I have can't to. actually imagine running this as a gunboat. Well, the gunboats I have played on this, uh, they turn out, um, well, pretty disastrous. <laughs> you know. And I think, okay, so when I ported this uh, from uh, David's original map, um, and I, I made no changes to the map, and I no changes to the rules except for one, and I think it was a well-considered rule, Andy, and viewers, I put in the option to transform your armies to fleets and fleets to armies. I put in the transform option. So basically, if you're new to variants, what this means is that if you're on a supply centre, you can choose, instead of moving that army or using that army to hold, and it's on coast, of course. Or support. Or support, yep. You can choose to change that army into a fleet. If it's attacked, however, that transform option ceases to you know, exist. And that's a clever piece of code for mold. Mm. Um, and we insert it into the, uh, into the map because I felt that countries like Turan, which is that big grey one, if you're looking at the map right now, and Kazaria, Russia, really needed, once they reached the coast, to be able to start to exert some sort of influence seaward. Or even flip it around the other way with Shripa Surajava. How do you pronounce it? Oh, oh we're, 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 we're kind of cheating at the moment. The light green one. Yeah. The light green one. The one that's based around modern day Indonesia and Malaysia it is very much a starts off. And, um, Denmark as well. I mean, they really need. Yeah, Denmark needs it too. And, and, uh, they start off as sea powers. They and do, yeah. once you kind of make landfall on the either the, the Asian continent or the European continent, you need to start, you know, ramping it up. And the way you have to do that is get rid of those fleets and start flipping them over into armies. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's a couple. And of, um, there's actually a, 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 an area there, the Caspian Sea, that is um, well, it's landbound, right? But it, it creates wonderful opportunities to it have does. fleets popping around there. And the Black Sea. And the Black Sea. And no, the, the Black Sea you can get out through Constantinople. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Good yeah, point. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, in one of my recent games. My most recent known world game, which we'll probably talk a little bit around, um, and I played Turin. Yes. Turin? Turan? Turan. Turan? There we are. Turan. So we're we'll playing play the Australian accent, be Turan. Turan, 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 Turan. Turan, there you yeah. go. Yep. There you go. Um, both myself and Kazaria at the time started off good allies until he stabbed me, so thank you, Johnny Khan, uh, or Johnny Khan, depending on how you want to pronounce that one. Yeah, let's go Mongolian with Johnny, Johnny Khan. Khan. It sounds far more scary. Unless he tells us otherwise. Yeah, yeah. We'll assume Johnny Khan. Um, and when he stabbed me, I was just absolutely stuffed because not only was my position bad, but he really, really made use of the fact that he had naval superiority within the Caspian Sea and very, very quickly started pumping those across, converting them into armies and started getting into my rear line. So you don't want that. Now, I know some of you guys out there are probably going, oh, no, why the transform option? Um, why, when England wins every so often on the regular board, why do we need that transform to be there? Because England can do it. Well, 
look, the year is 901, and the Vikings, at that time, they were sailing all the way from Scandinavia down to Constantinople. They were. They were the Varingian Guards, guys. Hey, if you want to go, there's even a, a, a Viking variant, isn't there? There is a Viking variant. Yes. That, that, that's definitely one we should talk about. Yeah, yeah. But long and the short of it, long and the short of it, the long and the short of it was that these guys who were vicious seafarers were easily able to transform their fleets into land armies. Right? Because the shallow bottom of their prow enabled ease of transition from being... I mean, these guys were vicious warriors on land and sea. Yeah. But that was my thinking. It's 901 fleets around this time, they were mobile armies. They weren't well, dedicated fleets. Let's, let's think about it. You kind of, so, okay, I mean, maybe it's just Hollywood, but when you kind of, or, or BBC, but when you kind of think of Vikings that are kind of going around, they're canning out of their, 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 their you know, long ships, they're usually running around with axes. No, they got these big long horns, which is totally... Which is totally wrong, historically. Totally wrong, yeah. But, you know, they seem to be very, very efficient at just moving straight from naval warfare to land-based warfare. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and that's precisely what happened. I mean, these guys were, you know, established so a massive diaspora. And that's, this is the era that this is based around, you know? So that Do makes sense. you take on the role yeah. of uh, King Knut and his, his predecessors and conquer through... Uh, the Kiev and Rus, or do it's a fascinating period, you know. You've got your, your Khazarian tribe, you know, the only nation that converted to Judaism. Really, in this game, yeah, the Khazars. I didn't know that. Didn't you know that? No, no, I was, I was crapping on before when you were getting the drinks around. There's a whole heap of nations here that I've never ever heard of, you know. What I mean, I, I never heard of. Turan or Kazaria or Shuravaya or well, there's a big story or behind Aksum that one. Or um, Wagadu. Well, Wagadu. Yeah, I'm not too sure about Wagadu. <laughs> I must admit, um, I, in, the, in the, the couple of games that I've really, really taken the piss out of whoever's played Wagadu, <laughs> and the name just sounds funny to start off. With. If, if I mean. Maybe it's my age, because you're just a little bit younger than me. Yes, it's true. It is, yes. Um, where there was a absolutely terrible, kitschy British pop song from the 80s called Agadoo. I don't remember. Anything. There we go. So it's showing his age. So um, if you want to have fun and be totally bamboozled, hop onto YouTube and search for the, the song Agadoo. I think it's A-G-A-D-O-O. And the band's name was Black Lace. Black Lace Agadoo. Black Lace Agadoo. Yep. And you'll have a what-the-fuck moment when you're watching this. Because not only is this guy just, you know, bouncing around, singing his songs, and, you know, I can't remember if he's got a mullet or not. Maybe it was pre-mullet 80s. Who knows? And I then all know. of a sudden there's these huge fruit that are coming around dancing with him, you know what I mean, about big bananas, <laughs> there's a big pineapple, and it's all around this agar do 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 push pineapple, shake the tree. And so whenever, <laughs> so whenever I started... I said I always have this regular global conversation with whoever was Wagadoo and I'd just sing these lyrics and they'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? There you and go. then I'd send the link and try to educate them on crappy 80s British pop. Now that that has entered into your mind, try playing Wagadoo without thinking of people jumping around you, eating banana and shaking you fruit. Can't. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway. Um, Turan being the precursor of um, Tamerlane. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah essentially. I, I learned about them from Dan Carlin's Hardcore History with um, the Wrath of the Khans episodes. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, God, you no. never listened to Dan Carlin? No, I haven't. Okay, so if, if you're amazingly actually listening to our podcast and you've never heard of Dan Carlin's Hardcore yeah, History, no. you have just got to go there. Actually, well, first off, listen to us, subscribe to us. And, um, and then quickly, Carlin, so it's Dan, D-A-N, Carlin. Tell you what, we'll put a link. Yeah, yeah, Carlin with a C, C-A-R-L-I-N. Um, we won't be anywhere near as long as some of his episodes. He Usually his episodes go for about four hours. Oh, my God. As podcasts. Yes. Okay. And they're normally four, five, six episodes long. So you're listening to around about 20 to 24 hours worth of content. But he is just incredible. He's not a historian. He makes it very, very clear. He just loves history. And he yeah. kind of brings up all these historical periods. So there's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful series called Wrath of the Khans that he's put together that goes through the whole beginning with Genghis Khan through to the you know expansion of the empire, what happens when he dies and his sons, and, and then how those became quite separate nations and, and how he kind of took True. on all these different you know, countries along the way from the 1300s just ploughing through them all. Which, of course, you can get a hold of if you... Play the Mongolian variant, but I think they actually got canned. What happened to the Mongolian variant? Oh, it was my first kick at making. Did you do that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! I love that variant. It was a good variant. What was the issue? Was it the um, Silk Road? No, the Silk Road was quite easy to, to sort of put into practice. Um, what happened was that there was a bit of movement in the um, the hosting addresses, and there was uh, a bit that was lost. Right. In that movement. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sort of needed to start from scratch, and at that stage I'd forgotten the names I'd given all the provinces, and I didn't want to start again. So it's, it's sitting, it's kind of there. Whenever, whenever any of these servers start kind of pumping out games again, that's one you've got to look at, because I, I was involved, I think, in one of the, you the, were, test, at the, very early the stages, test games yes, yes. on the lab. Yeah. Uh, the lab, as we said before, it's at lab.vdiplomacy. Dot net or dot com? Dot net, dot com. Both of them will reach yep. to that spot. Yeah. Uh, and the lab has a whole heap of variants that are there in almost prototype format. That's right. Some of them work, some of them don't. Uh, most of the time the servers are all crashed, but you know. That's the way the internet works. That's right, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the, we long the short of it was that the, uh, the, the Mongolian variant started yeah. uh, just prior. To the Black Plague, and so it takes um, the great powers of the day. Flips a map. Yeah, it's literally flipped. It's a and, ninety degree um, angle, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Quite literally, and says, "Okay, guys, you start off with like everyone starts with like, like ten units or something. Yeah, but you can only physically reach four supply centres. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they all die a, out. There's a big die off. Yeah. Um, that, that's, I, that's, I forgot that's about that. Yeah, and it goes from there. The thing I liked about Mongolian diplomacy is that you have these almost super highways, yeah, that's right. you know, yeah. which allows that, that fast movement to occur. So, and there's some really clever, I say there's some clever coding, but actually it's just some out-of-the-box functionality within the... Well, yeah, within the system. Within the system, you know, but it yeah. sounds clever and it actually requires a fair amount of effort to put in place, yeah. which allows you to kind of quickly move... You know, almost double the distances that you would normally. That's right. Because you normally, obviously, in diplomacy, you can just go from one territory to an adjacent territory. This allows you to travel a road up to two territories across in one shot. In yeah. one shot. And so, actually, 
it's good that we're talking about known world yeah. initially because you don't have the, any of them <laughs> one of the, so it's uh, easy one to of learn. the things I was uh, considering was to put the silk take road that in. map put the silk road in put some rivers like the Volga and the Don oh yeah you know um, even the Yangtze River right and add some sea lanes mm-hmm. to the uh, to the map and just sort of put it out there as a as a variant on a variant, so to speak. And that's, I mean, this is one of the issues when you're creating an actual game because, um, and bringing a variant to the table, and that's all about achieving balance. I mean, as soon as you're saying that to me, I'm going, yeah, that'd be really cool. But then I think, to what extent are you either, A, giving a leg up to those players that happen to be right next to a silk road or a river, or alternatively, you know, you're opening up to attack from other players very very quickly and that's all cool but what about those others who can't get to any of that they can't attack they can't defend they're having to do the hard slog and is the risk there you're going to get a few powers who are based around these you know medieval super highways making quick grounds demolishing a player who is too silly to actually trust another yes and then these guys having to slowly slowly crawl their way and club their way to the top as a thought experiment, what do you guys think? Should we look at maybe uh, making a variant on a variant um, to include something like the Silk Road and some rivers? If we were, do we need to add more, another country or two? What would the balance look like? Post your comments, and I'm sure that the web site will have some sort of image capability. They can post images if they have ideas. Send us your ideas. I'll randomly point up here at the moment saying here's a link. Or down here. Or down there. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. It'll be either one of those places when you watch it back. Um, And for those who are listening to the audio, uh, again, PM us or alternatively... Email. Email. Well, we'll do the... Diplomacygames.com or ambi at diplomacygames.com. So we go back to 901. Yeah, how about we talk Which about the game? It sounds a little bit like an American postcode. 901. 90210. Yeah, 901, you can almost call the police on that. Yeah, you could. Uh, <laughs> help me, Mr. Policeman, I'm in a game and I'm getting stabbed. Oh my God, so, where are you? Are you let's, let's talk a little, do you want, uh, have we talked enough about the, the actual variant itself, do you think? Oh, well, yeah, I, I reckon. I mean, you guys are looking at the variant, no doubt, and saying, well, why aren't we talking about that rock and great big chunk of land Sega, you know, why Why is that? The one that's why, next why to Nintendo. The, yeah, that's right. Why is, why, is the, <laughs> why is the North Sea navigable? Well, you know, that's part of the variance and, you know, ultimately David's the guy who balance. made it and it's, it's all about balance, what we were talking yeah. about before. It does um, require a certain suspension of belief at points of time. Maybe there was like a, a an anti- Mini cold ice age at the time. They were going through their own global warming back then. Who knows? Well, Iceland was part of Europe right up there. They found it by then, so why isn't that there? I mean, we could talk about all Greenland sort of stuff. Um, all no, Greenland. I think they got there about 1100s, 1200s, didn't they? The Vikings. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We digress. So, I mean, I was, as I said before, I was recently involved in a known world 901 game, which had yes. some big, big, big hitters. You know, I mean, as far as I was concerned within the VDIP space, so we had um, uh, Leaf, we had Retillion, we had Doctor Recommended, we had Raro, 
there were, and look, I'm not mentioning everybody, it was Windair and others as well. Yeah. Um, it was just a, a game aimed at, I suppose, experienced players, people who would be prepared to commit. And um, I think Rotillion at the time when he kind of created the game said, look, the whole point of the game was wanting to get together players who are familiar with talking and having good old-fashioned diplomatic conversations and being able to talk things through and negotiate and so forth, which was interesting because at various points of time in the game, it didn't resemble that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so there's no secret out there, but I don't... There's some players out there I refuse to play with, and um, I was invited to play this one and turned it down. Um, So, why don't you pull it up on the screen now... Oh, me? Yeah, okay, yes. sure. And I'll, I'll just have a chat. You, you keep chatting once I find it. One of the really cool things uh, oh, that yeah. VDIP has available to it is this option to spectate a game. And so I've been actually watching this game um, for several months up until its conclusion now um, and enjoyed it immensely. There was uh, twists and turns there quite obviously played out across the board. Um, most... Um, Probably the most interesting end game situation I've seen on this map successfully completed by you there, Andy. You know, I mean, <laughs> survived. You, you, well, and I got well, a draw. Not only survived, but you got a, you ended up in the draw. Yeah. You know, I mean that's that's, that's a pretty epic situation where with, on both with, sides what, four supply centres or yeah, four supply, supply centres, four supply centres, and on both not not all sides, all sides you have. Superpowers, yep, essentially there, and without without kind of putting like a little language thing on top of this for the little kids, you know, I was fucked. That's right, <laughs> totally. Yeah. There's no way in the world <laughs> I was. I, I thought I was going to survive this, and well. just by some, I suppose, building relationships with others and showing goodwill, and frankly, being prepared to be a bitch at times, and you know, do things as I was told to do. Uh, and and I'll, I'll say that to a certain extent because I was some players um, wanted me to do certain things, and I knew full well that if I didn't f- actually follow through, I would just be stabbed and I'd be out of there. Okay. Other players um, came from a different perspective, and they wanted me to do things, but they, I suppose, were looking more from the point of view of look, we see value in you as a partner to what's going on, um, and. I, crazy enough, the lighting's just changed. So hopefully if you're watching this on the video thing, it's not really bad. Um, I trusted them. Mind you, I also trusted my other previous alliance partner and, and got stabbed badly like as a result a of that. you've got a problem with trusting. I do. Yeah. I okay. do. I trust people too much. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. But that's another discussion. How much should you trust a player? Yeah. It's another great conversation. You have a whole podcast around whether you trust another player or not and when you stop trusting them. But the thing is, Andy, at one point you were doing really well in this game. Oh, no, no, no. I never did really well. Well, it looked like you were doing. It looked like you, know, you got this area of grey that looked like you could... Do you want me to bring up like the, the historical maps? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's quite a few episodes, uh, seasons back on it. Um, At one stage, I had a lot of grey everywhere. You did have a lot of grey in that central region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, within the central region. So, uh, hopefully right now we're kind of bringing it up for the viewers on the screen. 
I was doing alright then. Uh, I'm thinking more here we are. So we're looking at um, I don't know. Uh, autumn nineteen hundred. Sorry, autumn nine oh eight. Okay, oh, yeah, so I was all right then. Mate, I mean, you were in you were in Arabia. You had units on the Caspian Sea. Yeah. Um, you're pushing into China. India's on his Almost way out. Almost crushed India. And you know, it looks like you're buddies and pals with Kazaria. Yes. So what happened? Wow, Kazaria was massive. I never noticed that. Russia did a good job to kind of bring him back. Good work, Lee. After Russia. I know. So, what happened to me? Look, I started the game... um, As most of you actually have have kind of newbies, you know, it's obviously good to work through and try to be friends with everybody until you think, now is a good time to stab, or, shit, someone else has just stabbed me. Now I need to kind of keep friendly with everybody else and work on the guy that just stabbed me. And my part was, I started off with good positive relationships with all of my neighbours. And I got put into a little hole where I had to make a decision pretty early on about where I was going to go. And I made a decision and a call at the time to attack India. India copped it early, I see. Because... um, Reptilian or Ret, who was in Shreya Vaya, was um, managed to convince me to work together on that one. Um, I think around the same time China was attacking me as well, and I quickly went, "Oh shit, I'm in a bit of a, bit of a, a bind because yeah. uh, Shreya Vaya couldn't actually come to my aid at all." And then that really, really made sure that I kept good mates with Arabia and Kazaria at the time managed to get um, Kazari to move across to start putting some pressure on China's northern flank. Because that's what, that's what it kind of looks like. It looks like you invited the barbarians... To the door. To the door. Not, not just that I opened the door. You said, come on in. Come on in. Take here, a seat at the have table. Have a seat at the table. Here, here's some nice slippers. All right. Yes. <laughs> I hope you're feeling comfortable here. Yeah. Make yourself All at right. home in my homeland. <laughs> So, and all this time, um, there seems like this is this dance going on in India. What, 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 were you, what sort of discussion were you hearing on the grapevine? What was going on there? What, what was Rotillion telling you? What was um, what's going on? I mean, you, you, you just launched an attack into Arabia. What was Arabia well, saying? Why did you do that? <laughs> I think at the time I started attacking Arabia because of... I'll have to go back and actually check the map. Ah, yes. I think it was one of those cases where Arabia started getting attacked pretty heavily by Axum. Oxum. Oxum? Yeah. What was Axum? It's Oxum. Axum, Oxum. Whatever. Ah, Agree to disagree (laughs) on that. And once that started happening, I saw an opportunity because he started moving all of his units down there, and that, of course, is perfect stab time. And you needed units. I needed units to deal with with, um, India. Now, I think at the time I wasn't heavily involved in any conflict with India. Oh, so I must have stabbed Arabia first, grabbed some units. So much for that trustworthiness. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> These things happen. <laughs> it's all part of the game. If it wasn't like that, it would be like my very first game and I wouldn't move into the English oh. Channel and I'd sit there kind of peacefully and wait until someone well, screwed honestly, me up. If it wasn't like this, it would be Risk. So, yeah, yeah. Boring. I think yeah. I actually played Risk. You're not missing I'm not missing out. No, Good. No, okay. No, 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 no. So, um, anyway, 
So, uh, yes, I must have attacked Arabia at the time. And then around that period, um, I had actually been trying to work with both China and India. And things just broke down. Um, G-Man, who was playing China, he played really, really well and was really kind of badgering me. In this, when I say badgering me, he was making good grounds, I felt, at the time. And that's why I had to get Kazario across to help. Anyway, long story short, um, Rotillion, who was Triavaya, was making some excellent games in the meantime via his naval fleets into China, causing China to kind of collapse on itself at that point, whilst Kazaria was moving in from the north. So classic yeah. pincer move. Yeah. Um, whilst Rotillion was um, asking for my help in India, and strangely enough, he seemed to make all the gains, and I made hardly any gains. <laughs> That's and a sign of a good player, guys. It yeah. is a sign of a good player. And look, I, I'll mention this to you now, because now the game's all over. I, I almost... No, not almost. I not almost. I did. I threw myself at his mercy. At what point? When? Early on, when it was clear that... Um, actually, I can't remember. If it was exactly when I was... Oh, I know what it was. I think it was when Kazaria attacked... Kazaria ended up stabbing me, who again did exactly what I did to Arabia. You know, Arabia had moved all of his his units over towards Axum slash Auxum and opened himself up to me. Oh, but look at it. What a beautiful stab. I mean, this is, uh, what, what year is this? This is spring 907, right? And there is nothing in that space that says Kazaria's going to stab you. There's nothing there that says he's not sending more units over to help you against China. True. It's just a beautiful layout. He's assisting you in... It looks like he's going to help you in Arabia. Everything's looking good for you. And I had negotiated with him on um, taking... What's that one? At a... Oh, I can't read that because the fleet's over the top. At a B, at a buy, at a buyer. Azerbaijan. No, I don't know. It's whatever is yeah. the, the territory south, south of Azerbaijan. Yeah. So anyway, we come to so, some agreement yeah. with a breakup of, of Arabia. And, and that just looks great. And then the following season, so autumn, by the time 1907, he's moving across and then he started moving China into... China displaces you. It displaces him. Yeah, it displaces Kazaria. And he retreats into Samarkand. Yeah. And he's just gone and transformed the army and moved more over to your border. And at that moment, what did you feel I was feeling a little bit pissed. <laughs> and and part of it had more to do with at the time. The and look, not only was he kind of transforming that unit, he then also created a fleet up on um, Attil, which is on the bordering the North Kazar Sea, to be able to put pressure on my far western flank. But what really kind of the penny dropped when all of a sudden he retreated without any oh look. I'm in a bad position, but I need something. Do you mind if I fall back to Smartland? Because you're kind of also making gains. <laughs> and this way it's all fair. And we'll, we'll sort it out in the wash. Swings no, around came out of the blue. And so it's like, Ooh. what the fuck just happened? Where did that come from? Because <laughs> he didn't so, have to retreat there too, did he? I mean, he could have retreated in Merkid or Tang. He could have, he could have. You know. So look, I've, I've played with, with Johnny Khan before where he has been a loyal and faithful ally and, and we have nice gone guy. you go all the way with the guy I've, got well, I've, I've gone all the way with the guy yeah. we had a draw I think where everything was all above board I have had yeah. one other game Two just ways. after yeah. that where he stabbed me and stabbed me good and I was like oh, 
last night. But I kind of went, oh, look, I've got good memories. Let's put aside the bad. Let's think about the positives in it's in somebody and how we're going to make this game work. And yeah, so it was at that point of time when I was deeply involved in my units being at war with China and India. And then all of a sudden, my whole western flank, which was largely, um, I won't say undefended, it had some had some defensive units there, so obviously it must have had some inkling that something could yep. go wrong. Um, I well, thought, and something shit. did go wrong because all three whole... players were then up against me. Yeah. Oh no! It, you still somehow managed to expand a little bit in that terrible, terrible environment. But I think history in this game was on Kazaria's side because he just kept on building and, and he building, kept gobbling up more and, and more and more of my territory. Yeah. And at the same time, look, Street Java made a decision to have a go at you. Yep. Alright? So, here you are. You've got well, Kazaria. No, he was... No, 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 no. You're misinterpreting no, things. No, 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 no. no, no. He didn't yep. have a go at me at all. And this was the thing that was interesting. So... It certainly looks like it. Look, it, it wasn't like an overt declaration of war. It's just give me your units or I will destroy you kind of scenario. Think about the Cold War, you know what I mean? Where it's a case of, you know... And I'm not being, you know, anti-American because exactly the same thing happened with the Soviets. You know, it's a case of, you know, we need to kind of help you out. And the best way of helping us out is letting us come in and build some bases in your sovereign country and stationing oh, our own yes. troops in your sovereign country. <laughs> that what happened, eh? Yeah, they were, they, were oh. mil- they were trained military advisors. They were there to help train my rather poor Turan, 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 Turan. Troops, who obviously didn't know how to fight a war, so he had to come in and help me. They obviously had no fleet tactics, so we had no idea. He had to come in and uh, assist you with how to build boats. He was thinking ahead. He was being strategic. He knew that once we'd got together and smashed all the bad guys, I needed some boats, so he needed to come in and set up some, you know, bases. Now most of those bases happened to also be pretty much everywhere that I owned. Uh, They weren't just territories; they were obviously SCs. But you know. And then, then it became, it was obvious that maybe these, this my good friend wasn't going to stay there and just help me. And oh, then no. all of a sudden I was stabbed again. So, so something happened in spring 1912. Yeah. One second, three Jarvis assisting you or attempting to assist you. And the next second, you're being supported by Kazaria. What's happened? being supported by Kazaria there. He's supporting himself. Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Skip forward two, two, two seasons. Yeah, so this is so uh, when we get one to... One year later, one year later, which is... Spring uh, 913. So one year, a full year, two turns later, you're being supported. Okay, okay. So we've actually moved away from one thing at the moment, which I'll just finish off very, very quickly. Okay. And that is the fact that once uh, Kazaria had stabbed me, and I was already at war with India and China, I knew there was no way in the world I was going to survive that game. I was at that game within, you know, two, three games. No problem at all. So I, I threw myself on Shrivavaya's mercy, on Retilian's mercy, and I made a solemn promise. Not just a promise, a solemn promise. A solemn promise. Here solemn promise. A solemn diplomacy promise. That uh, provided that he came to my aid, I would do whatever he asked. Okay. As long as I kind of stayed in the game and I survived the game. Okay? Because I could see the way that Retillion was playing. He, he was likes going to play like this, by the way. 
he loves playing Some like players this. really do like, you know, subverting the whole game so that they have players with just one supply centre doing their betting This is true. And I was the Gumby that bought it. Yeah, you bought that guff. So, and things were going okay, and then we had a particular turn where I won't say a communication breakdown because I don't think it was. He said it was, but um, long story short, I took a while to put in my moves, and he felt that. Um, and look, this is the this is the one downside I'll say around online diplomacy versus face to face diplomacy. Real life happens. Okay, there's two things. Real, real life, life happens. Yeah. Is, <laughs> real life happens can happen within face to face. That's less likely because it's a very compressed period of time, right? Yes, you're right. Yeah. And you can always get a phone call from significant other, family members, friends saying, "Hey, shit, it's in the band. I need your help." Yeah. Okay. But um, the nature of, of, of online diplomacy is the games don't go for just a day, they go for months. Half a year, a year. Or, whereas we're going or to cover off in, in the next episode four three years. plus years. Four years? Well, it started in 2012 and ended 2016. I think it's about three and a half years. Three and a half years. Three and a half years for a single diplomacy game online. Now that's ballsy. And three of the players made it all the way through to the end. <laughs> yeah, and one of them you're playing in this game. So, yeah, Leith, Leith, um, Stuyvesant, Stuyvesant, Stevenson, Stevenson, yep. Correct we'll us get if we wrong. correctly by the time we interview. Correct. Right. So, um, anyway, I threw myself on Retilian's Mercy, and then because I took a while to put in my moves, he decided, screw it, I'm going to stab you. So once he stabbed me, and stabbed me good again, and let's be honest, the, the other guys, you know, uh, Russia, which is Leith, uh, Johnny Khan, which was Kazaria, and a little bit less um, Axum Oxum, which I didn't talk as much to. Um, they were very much, you know he's just going to stab you. What the hell are you doing? And I kept saying, oh, I know, I know, I know, but hey, maybe things could work out. Maybe we can form a stalemate line. So I was kind of telling him at the time, maybe we can get the stalemate line happening. Maybe I can pass on, I think at the time I was, maybe it's just a couple of wines. I thought I was saying at the time, maybe I can pass on some intel to you. I don't think I was. Yeah, you. It anyway, looks like you're down once, once, yeah. once, uh, Retilian stabbed me, and let's be honest, he pretty much stabbed everyone in the game. Uh, or as far as the other players were concerned, they felt betrayed. Whether that's accurate or not, I'm not going to get into because you know every side has a story. But um, they were very, very accommodating to uh, say, look, provided you stick with us because you're on the front line this is um, Kazaria and Russia Kazaria and Russia and, yeah. and, and look to a lesser extent Spain and Axum or Axum Oxum Oxum gosh <laughs> so um, but particularly Russia and, and Kazaria were like look you're on the front line you can kind of help stalemate that and very very quickly I think everybody worked out that was a good stalemate line we weren't going to get any breakthroughs there the opportunity for breakthroughs is actually going to occur in the west, so from going from the Atlantic into the Indian Ocean and smashing also through um, Africa and then on to Arabian Sea and so forth. So, um, look, yeah, okay, I made so, peace yep, yep, with them. They, um, they accepted me as a brother. They had a vote within the existing alliance. It's very diplomatic and you know, actually 
That's very democratic. It's very civilised. It's very this civilised. It's very civilised a lot. I have never been in a game where players have legitimately voted on including something. It wasn't an open open ballot. I never no. saw the results. Oh, okay. They just so said that they, they voted. Said they said oh, they yeah. voted and, okay. and you're in. I got the impression there was at least one dissenting vote. And oh. seeing there was only four players, there must have been one, because otherwise it would have been so a split. Who, who do you think that would have been? Just, you know, putting it out there. Look, it probably would have been one of the players that had um, little to gain from me being at it. So I'd probably say Spain. I reckon. I mean, uh, yeah. That being said, and he, he was a little game within a game. Okay, at one point of time, within this game, I was pretty much putting myself forward for a Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, you're brokering peace. I was brokering peace between Spain and France. Yeah, we know the Dalai Lama came from Turan, guys. That's right. Yeah. Because uh, at the time, it didn't appear to me that either of them was heavily allied to Russia, and I was trying to get them to stop having a bitch fight amongst themselves so that they could actually start pulling their head together and stopping Russia's expansion into Europe. My thinking at the time, being a loyal and faithful ally of Sriavaya at the time, and not suspecting a stabbing, was, look, if we can kind of create issues there, that's going to cause him to move units away from his east, which means that we, which actually was just Retilian, could keep moving on his merry way Whatever to direction he was headed. smash through yes. and, and, and then flank through over uh, Kazarian. Um, as it was, Spain and France couldn't reconcile the differences. Both of them actually were saying, yes, we want peace, we want things to work. And then I think um, Spain was smart enough, or more correctly, Russia was smart enough to kind of make a, a better deal to Spain, saying, look, let's just get rid of France, which I think might have been Geronimo, I'll have to double check. And um, you can be part of this, you know, grand alliance to go on and, and you know, We'll go all the way or whatever. So there was a lot of conversations after I got accepted into the alliance also about whether we just go for a, a stalemated five-way draw with Retilian and bring him to the paper, uh, to the, to the um, what is it? To table, the table, that's it. Yes. Uh, yep. Or whether we kind of persevere and keep the game going for probably another good six to nine months and crush him. Um, I'll be perfectly frank. It was probably in my interest to go for the draw because I was only on four supply centres. Of course, you would. And I was being given. You know, you're not going. You're not going to. You know, argue with gift horse in the mouse, even though I could possibly make gains. But knowing full well that once the common enemy, as far as the alliance was concerned, was gone, who's next in the way? He's that new one. So yeah, yeah, the yeah. fact that they, they they went through this rather civilised democratic voting process and kind of accepted me, I was very very pleased. You'd be happy, and I bet you you also. Um, Referring to the stats. I am. But how about yes. I go get you another drink okay. and you can tell the, the, the viewers yeah, slash listeners about, about stats. Yeah. Uh, still fat yak? Fat yak? Yeah, yeah okay, good. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So, for those of you guys who are new to VDIP, uh, you can actually access an area called the stats. So what you do is you open up uh, your particular variant that you're looking at or looking at playing or playing that people are already playing you're interested in and there's a section there sort of you know view stats you pull it up and you get some really cool graphs so when I was talking to Ambie just then I was that a useful way to, is to often uh, refer to uh, the games that have been played uh, 
throughout the server and the compilation. So in this 901 game, uh, France is the clear leader in solo games. He survived, he, he survived and won for five games out of how many games that were played, I think. Um, uh, 54, it's about 60 games played on the site. Five solos, and that France is the clear leader in uh, solo victories on this map, followed very closely behind by Byzantium, Spain, and Srivijaya. Now, Ambi's position as Turan uh, would have been bolstered by um, playing on the fears that other players would have had um, in regards to a Srivijaya solo. Um, interestingly enough, France, if they don't end up in a draw, are eliminated 45 times. Okay, that's more than half of the times that they've been part of uh, the draws and survivors. So looking at the stats, it makes it very clear that France is a country that you either do well in or you get eliminated. And there's no two ways about it, according to it. Now, come on. I, I kind of just turned up, gave you a beer, put my wallet away, and look at the thing and going, Is it playing? I don't know if it's still working. <laughs> so we're talking about the camera. Is it working? I don't know, there's nothing on the screen. Is there a red light? I don't know. Was there ever a red light? Anyway, <laughs> worst case scenario, worst case scenario, the first episode will just be a podcast. <laughs> And the second episode, when we get our shit together, might have a visual component. <laughs> Hopefully the camera's working because you're getting his, his laugh. <laughs> his face. You're talking about stats. Let's talk stats. Stats, stats. So I was just pointing out mm-hmm. that France has been in a position of solo draws and survives combined of only 32 times yep. out of a whole lot. Right, but he's been eliminated out of all the games 45 times. Right. right, so for me, that indicates that if you're playing France in this game, you go hard and you go strong early on because it's a win or lose game. Yeah, 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 except for this game, you got screwed over and end up oh, losing. I'm just but that's statistically, you're correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, statistically, that's that's something you need to be really concerned about. And also, the other one, of course, is Shriver Bayer. So, look, I would actually say, of within this map, the one one country I think is probably in a slightly unfair advantage would be Shriver Bayer. It's probably the least balanced because that. It's, it's a little bit, reminds me a lot of, uh, of classic where you're Turkey, you know what I mean? Or, and, and you, you're kind it's of... got that little ax- got that corner. Ax- extra bit of defence. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You're not ever going to be attacked on all sides. No, you, that's right. You, yeah. You've either got, well, obviously in classic, you've got Russia to the north, or you've got Austria to the, the north-west, and maybe, 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 maybe... Italy coming from the west if it's doing a Lapanto or whatever like that but yeah, those who does that things, yeah. those fancy things you know and, and Shrivavai is in that similar position where it's quite easy early on for conflict to ensue particularly amongst China and India or you throw in Turan as an example as well where if you're a smart Shrivavai player 
you do what Retillion did. Your buddies, buddies, buddies with yeah. everybody. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to take any. And you go and you take all the neutral SCs as quickly as possibly can without kind of pissing off the others. Wait for them to get into a shit fight. And then you can kind of pick and choose who's going to be your, your best friend and who you're going to the next work eliminate. On the dance floor. And keep playing one off the other. Yeah, That's what he did I'm very, sure very well. I'm sure these stats will uh, you know, it continue to evolve as players become more accustomed to the map and how you know to play it. But on the flip side, there's a n- quite a number of stalemate lines that will stop Srivijaya from getting full control of the board if the players are willing to hold yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's nothing that can be done about that, just like on a normal map. But that still, it still doesn't really, I mean, looking at the stats, it still doesn't count up in that Byzantium, the country right at the centre of the map, has got equal amount of solos as through Vijaya and Spain. Good point. And look, I've, I've been in a game where Byzantium's done really well, but it was less than one game. The rest of the time it seemed to have got done over. Um, and if you actually look at the stats, Axum has never soloed, but almost every single game I've played in, Axum's done very, very well. I think once he got done over by um, Wagger, do, 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 push, play now, push, shake, but generally, Axum does pretty good. I always find Arabia, Ara- and, and the stats show this, Arabia always tends to do poorly. It's actually yes. got the worst performance stats. It's got the worst performance in draws. It's just up in the middle of nowhere, the, and it's just got not too the many worst enemies in around survivals. it. Germany's got the worst in survivals, but it's got the worst in eliminations. I'm actually surprised also looking at the stats about um, China. I mean, China like, is technically second worst on performance and yet in the number of games that I've been in uh, China's done very very well you know, albeit in the last game that I was involved in he got eliminated um, but I have seen some very 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 powerful Chinas I've seen very very powerful Russias um, Russia in the, most of the games I've been in has is, is, been quite strong and, and that, that is reflected within the, the stats I think the Russian player really needs to worry about Denmark early on I think for Russia yeah, yeah. Denmark is the key Situation, yeah, yeah, and Denmark vice versa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if, if Denmark can't resolve unless, an unless early, an early Russian alliance or some sort of something going on, then they're just going to be swallowed. There's, yeah. there's no two ways about it. Um, Denmark needs to get land bound early. Yep. He's which involves a lot of good negotiations he's, with he's, you know yeah. the other players. He's at a disadvantage because the most he can get is one by himself, one supply centre by himself. Really? Yeah. Is that London or whatever London is? Wessex? Yeah, well, he can guarantee himself Wessex in the first season if France doesn't screw him over or Germany. Oh, because France moves Paris to British Channel and then Wessex supports Wessex, you know. So, not that that actually happens, but... Unless, of course, you know, as as you you saw at the beginning of the openings here with... um, this particular game where Jorvik supports North Germany, or sorry, gelling into North German Sea, and then of course you've got two against one. Although, this is the one thing that I actually like around, um, another thing I like about Known World, is the idea of neutral countries having armed units on the board. Yeah, didn't we mention that? We didn't no, mention, didn't that. mention that. Minor oh. oversight, probably major oversight. <laughs> major oversight. So, for players yeah. who are familiar with Classic, 
uh, obviously you're one of the major players in Europe and you go, screw it, I'm Austria, I'm going to invade Serbia. That's happened, obviously, in and real life. And you just walk in. And you just walk in. It's, like, it's, cool. push, it's considered to be a pushover, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a guaranteed build. That's right. Whilst this game, or this variant, has neutral armies in all of the supply centres. So you can't just have one unit walk in. walking in. You, no. you need to support no. yourself or get a, um, a, a new buddy to kind of support you in. Yeah, so oh, and the other hidden thing which very rarely crops up but it's coded in there is if you move into more, like say you move into a, uh, a country in spring, right? You've just yeah. taken over a, a country in spring. It doesn't happen in the first... Um, well, yes, it could happen. So Paris supports Aquitaine into Brittany in the first season, spring. Yeah, spring, bang. Right? But you choose to move Brittany out, your army in Brittany out of that territory, back to Aquitaine for whatever reason, right? There will be a new neutral army built in Brittany. Why would you do that? I know, right? <laughs> but let's, you know, I, I, I conceivably imagine it that you just wanted to. Oh, maybe, so this is this might um, be like a tricks for newbies. A tricks for new Just yeah, in case yeah. you didn't know, <laughs> you need to make sure you leave your leave your, your unit, unit in the, the territory come autumn for um, the winter bill phase. But but let's just say, look, just for the argument's sake, you, I mean, you've got um, you've got an army in Loth- oh, Lotharinga. I'm not even just trying to say that. Okay, so you've got an army in Brittany. Um, you've got an army in Autumn. Probably you know, where modern of, day Cologne you know, It's a couple of. Um, Seasons down the track, and Spain's got a uh, fleet in Canterbury Sea. Right, this is spring. You haven't got Brittany yet. You know, you might think about bouncing it, right? Maybe ordering oh, yeah, Brittany yeah, yeah. to Aquitaine and Autumn to Aquitaine, right? Yeah, yeah. Equal yeah. bounce. Go bounce, yeah. Now, a tricky player in Canterbury might go. I know what that player's going to do, and support Brittany into Aquitaine. Ah yes. Him lose I remember the I remember the, I remember the very very I mean, first time that a player screwed me over by supporting one of my own units. Oh, it's a terrible. Team, where I was really. bouncing yes. two of my units into a territory. I think it was like an SC to protect it. Or oh, I don't know what it was at the time. I can't even remember. And I thought I didn't even know you could do that. But of course, again, a trick for new players is that some can. players can be devious yeah. and may decide to cripple what you're doing like if, for example if um, unwanted support that's what it amounts to yeah yeah well I'll give you a great example using this map let's okay. say you're Spain okay and exactly the same scenario you talked about before you've got a fleet in Canterbury Sea and let's say you have a um, a fleet in North Ocean Sea yep. okay which is actually kind of the North Atlantic for one reason or another Brittany, sorry, France has an actual army in Brittany and an army in Autain, Ut, whatever it is, okay? Autain. A-U-T-U-N. So, Brittany and Autain decide to bounce in Aquitaine to make sure that the Spanish player doesn't move his fleet out of Canterbury Sea to steam straight into the unoccupied Aquitaine. Now, on that basis, an attack by... Okay, and let's... This doesn't really work. It's a hard one because you want to really be supporting Brittany. You'd expect that North Ocean Sea would and support Canterbury, Canterbury Sea would attack Brittany, the Brittany or yeah, vice right. versa. I mean... Okay, look. Yeah. But you understand what we're talking about, folks. 
Canterbury could support Brittany into Aquitaine against yes. its own player and move North Ocean Sea into Brittany like that and take the province yes. by an evil support. And that's exactly what yeah. happened, an evil support. That's an a good name support. for it. It's an evil support. Yeah. Better than unwanted support even. An evil support. An evil unwanted support. An evil unwanted support. There you go. There you go. So an uh, uh, E U S. When that happens, I'm going to Ambi. Beware! I'm going to E U S New Mexico. Yeah, I bet you will. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, the whole nature of neutrals goes on for quite a long while. In this particular game. It took absolutely, absolutely forever for um, Socotra, which is a bizarre SC that sits somewhere off in the um, uh, on the coast of Arabian Peninsula and, Ara- and trading island. Is so it back in the day? You know when there was a lot of trade going through the yeah? Indian Ocean. Yeah. Okay. You know the uh, the, so west, kind of, the west dealings. Yeah, it's kind know, of like you know that whole settled stop there for a few weeks or months until. The, is that like around the, around the Horn of Africa? That's what it's called? Horn of Africa? No, Horn of Africa's down there. I thought that was Cape, yeah. Cape of Good Hope. I thought the Horn of Africa was around Somalia. Modern oh, Somalia. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, anyway. So, but that, that was a big... You know, so Socrates, or whatever it is, that, that neutral supply centre didn't fall until autumn 905. So it actually... It stayed there for like... Five years until it actually fell. And sometimes in the in this map, and I've seen a lot of maps, these supply centres can last to the end of the game or close to the end of the game because well, no yep. player is willing to either give it to another player yep. or there's an agreement made between two players to leave that as a neutral territory and it's obviously going to be a neutral territory because you need to move two units to that border to take it. Yeah. Correct. So it's a very obvious move that the person's going to well, maybe think about stabbing you if they're doing that. So, I mean, one of the other things, of course, you can do is, uh, which again is, is that evil move, not, not, not the evil unsupported move, but an evil supported hold. Yeah. So, so I'll give you an example. So let's say, we'll use the Socotra one as an example again. You've got an enemy with a fleet in Arabian Sea and an enemy with a fleet in Malabar Sea. Yep. So they're adjacent to the SC, and you have a fleet in the Gulf of Aden. Okay. Now normally it would be your sorry the enemy's two units would defeat the neutral sitting in Socotra, yeah. but you can if you weren't aware obviously support the neutral army. Yeah. To stop you it. know and, and to stop that movement, which is like like it, it creates another dynamic to this awesome variant, which you know you guys should play. You should play it. Absolutely. So it's one of those ones. So I, I think that's enough about. I think that's about enough about yeah. that. Enough. Probably heard enough of you know getting sick of our Australian accents. So we are and at the uh, moment on about it. We're coming up to about so an hour and a, and a fair whack. Um, and bit. We did okay. say we we're going to talk about features, but we kind of covered bits as we went along, didn't we? Do we need to have a special? I think what would be useful would be maybe in a future episode we might go into a bit more detail around web dip versus v dip. Yes, v dip yeah, obviously okay. has yeah. more variants. Web dip's got web more dip's players. Web dip's got a hell of a yeah. lot more players and a lot and more um, yeah. opinions there too. A lot really. more opinions. And yeah. look, God bless web dip because web dip tends to be a bit of a funnel to v dip. It's true. Yep. 
I mean, that's how I ended up in V Dip. Me too. Yep, you know, didn't say it, but I was same boat as uh, Amby here is that, you know, played a whole heap of games there and started thinking, well, you know, what are other maps? You know, this is cool. You know, there's these, these Mediterranean games and what more is out there? And that's how I found um, beat it myself. Mm. Yeah. If you're sick of finding penguins in World War Nine, you need to go <laughs> again. Yeah, head over to Known World. Um, big <laughs> Because in one of the future episodes, we'll be we will be covering World War Four. It, it, it Absolutely, World War Four is is a variant that I love, but yet hate because I never do any well in it. Oh, I, I've never I, won the game. I no, conceptually but, yeah. love the variant because the map is just so massive plays. and mind-boggling. And it, and then if you throw in the sea lanes variant, which just like adds on another couple right. of hundred. Yes. Maybe territories. I actually had to... Maybe 100. I actually had... Like, like, okay, so a normal map, you can do 265 territories on a flat plane in order to code it. Yeah, right? Like yeah, well, you've never gone that large, have you? No, I don't know. Now, the, the World War Four basic standard map has uh, three layers, right? So you actually have to uh, invisibilise areas of one layer and shine through the layer underneath it to combine the two layers because there's something like 300 or something. I had to, do something, I had to do something tricky like that, right. I think, for Pirates, where yeah, we had yeah. to create actually two maps, two maps to be able to allow for the hurricane. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, sea lanes, I had to actually add another one on top of it. So there's a hell of a lot of coding going on. I'm not a coder, are you a coder? Oh. Oh, I try. I try, guys. I try. My coding skills um, stopped in about 1998 when I was doing basic HTML. Logo. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we're not that bad, but, you know, against guys like Toby and a Tim Can, these guys, yeah. they, they're bread and butter. And they, 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 they know shoot. what yeah, they're yeah. doing, and it's just awesome when you guys go out there and, you know, assist us, you know, hobbyists who, you know... We've just, got, we've just got great ideas and passion, but yeah, you know, no it. skill. Yeah. <laughs> and Ollie, man, I mean, that guy, what he's done for this site and the amount of work he's put into making these variants, mate. Yeah, Honestly. we we, we, yeah. Mean, we kind of did a bit of a shout out earlier on for Kestis with uh, Web Diplomacy. Um, the admin for V Diplomacy is Ollie. Yes. Um, who kind of created that because, again, obviously, variants were his passion. Uh, you go into his profile and he's only ever played one game, so... And who was that against? That was... Uh, that was against me. That was against you. And, oh, um, you're the man. Uh, yes. Emmanuel, what was Emmanuel's handle? I can't remember. Oh. Tartarus Dardum. Yes. That was the ninth... Um, and... i tell you what, that Renes... 1066 game. That Renescapo, um, the Renaissance variant's another one we're going to look oh, at. Oh, Renescimiento. Thank you. I've had trouble saying it. I'm sure all our Italian listeners will say you screwed that up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, listen to me, Renescimiento. Renescimiento. <laughs> but, yeah. but mate, we're going we're going to look at that one at some point because that's one that I. Um, I love that variant. I love that variant. Totally unbalanced, but I love it. Yeah, I just <laughs> keep on coming back to it. All right. So, are we? Um, so the other to... things we talked about, we're going to talk about if there's anything new that's happened within the um, the diplomacy space. Um, there hasn't been anything new within the online space that I'm aware of. How about you? Oh, well, especially since this is our first one, um, we'll probably 
put in what's happened since our last one. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And threads of contention. Well, actually, everyone's been quite well behaved lately. So well there done. There has been. There has been. Good and this is stuff going on in the um, mod forum that we're unaware of. Yeah, I so know when I was a mod, we were... If, you, um, if you're pitching the mods, we don't know. We don't know anymore. And that's good, you know. That's a good thing. Fair yeah. don't tell. Exactly. <laughs> Interviews. We said at the very, very beginning that we the next episode, our plan is to actually bring in... Um, and it won't be like a, a one in the pub. We might kind of maybe top and tail it with a, a bit of a pub you know, intro a, and outro. Yes. But um, it'll be mostly a Skype-based interview, and we're going to be interviewing three of the original players from the um, the Web Dip 2012 Championship, a game that went for about three and a half years. Exactly. Started in 2012, ended in February 2016. And went for how many years? How many game years? A hundred and game, hundred and something years. It was something phenomenal. Um, I've got it here. And so, this is just, this blows my mind. You know, you guys who complain about moves not happening fast enough on a, a sixteen-hour game phase. Yeah. These guys were playing it on a two-day phase. They were playing classic. They were playing classic. Obviously, you start spring nineteen hundred and one. It got they all the way to in spring two thousand and five. I reckon they should have gone to two thousand and sixteen just to kind of just to round off. Or two thousand and twelve, and just you know, bring it up to date, guys. But I mean, look, we'll talk to them. <laughs> we'll be talking to three of the. Our current plans are to talk to three of the um, the players that began began the game and went all the way through to the end. Uh, because there was a number of takeovers. Um, yep. Simply because the length of the game. And Some players got eliminated. And uh, I think a player had to leave because of real life issues. Yeah. Um, regardless, this is an epic game that you really got need to look at. Um, there is a link to the game on WebDip again. Yeah, I'll be going link here somewhere. Up or down. Um, and there's it a link. Doesn't matter if it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And there's um, there'll be a you know, show I notes. Think we should show actually um, post that uh, little. Yeah, we'll, we'll create a link also it. through yeah. to uh, yeah. Kane has put together a um, a quick, uh, not quick. It's, just, it's, yeah, it's like it's screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. It's like a movement, you know, as stop as motion version of the, the whole thing. The game, yeah. And um, well, that actually leads to um, well, it actually leads to almost the end because um, if you want a game of yours to be animated as you see this one um, animated, give us a shout out. Kana at diplomacygames.com, Ambie at diplomacydames.com, or um, PM us because you know, more than happy to do something like that, especially if it's a cool game, give us a good reason, 20 words or less, or something like that. Yeah, we, we can't read more than that. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks very much for tuning in. Look, if you're listening to this on uh, iTunes or Stitcher, please give us a review, let us know what you think. Um, PM us, send us an email if you've got any comments, uh, and let us know look what your thoughts were, things that you'd want us to carry off. Sorry, carry off. Talk about, talk that, about, yeah, talk about topics, topics, whatever yeah. that we haven't kind of touched on, and uh, and we'd love to do so. So until we guarantee then, next time we'll get more drunk. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. No, no. I've had three. How about you? Three. Three. There we go. Yeah, okay. All right. So <laughs> thanks very much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Ciao. Yeah.